else has that level of rich and poor mingling together? On one block, on one block, you could be walking down the street and you could have this conversation with yourself. What the fuck? Is that a gold-rimmed Segway? God damn it, tech industry. <laughs> a gold-rimmed Segway? How insulting do you have to be to the rest of San Are you pooping and shooting heroin? <laughs> One block. But they're both like, fuck Trump, right? So it's all good. It's all good. We're all friends. People say there's not a lot of political diversity out here. That's Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Mutiny Radio. Good evening. Hi. We're back. I know. We're back, suckers. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I know. Especially not across a microphone. That's true. Welcome to High Spirits. Welcome. Can everybody hear everybody else? I can hear. We're back. Uh, Last week, where were we? What was going on, uh, Pegasus? I don't know. Were we here last week? (laughs) I don't think we were. So we're back, coming back at you live. Listeners got uh, the last week, they got the, the show from the week before. And that was that. We nice. had an off night. None of us were able to make it, so we just slotted in a previous show, and and we're back. Thanks for doing that, Pegasus. And now we're back. The five of us. This lot. <laughs> Four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about tonight? Well, why don't we um, reintroduce ourselves to... Our loyal fans and those people who've never heard us before. Um, I'm your one of your co-hosts, Jay Quellen. And I'm Pegasus. I'm Bob. Shadow Lady. And I'm Madison, lurking for just a little bit before I leave. <laughs> Madison always regaling us with her stories of going out late. Um, so yeah, we're, we're four and a half like Bob said, I think earlier, back in fine form. Yes. The band is back and better than ever. <laughs> Let's keep talking about being back. <laughs> We're back. Guess who's back? So, yeah, um, let's see. What's going on? Um, any, any just, uh, I know um, Shadow Lady had some thoughts about what to talk about today. I was just thinking, like, maybe if there's any... Um, initial comments, check-ins, thoughts about what's going on maybe in your day. I always have some things to say. Yeah, let's do a check-in. I like that. Chiggity, chiggity, check-in. Yeah. How are you guys? This is Jay Quellen, chiggity, chiggity, checking in. And we haven't seen Shadow Lady in a while, I think. I know. I didn't even know where you were if you were alive. (laughs) Who am I? Who dat? What have you been up to, Shadow Lady? Um, well, I can remember this past weekend. I was with family. I basically have 
two new sets of parents because my sister got married recently and we had the meeting of the in-laws this past weekend so that's what i did that weekend and then last weekend i was packing my bags because i was going to a friend's 40th birthday party it's okay. I'll just, I'll so just being with family and friends nice yep <laughs> where there was a lot of drinking and drugs with the friends wait we're it wasn't here in San Francisco? You don't have to no. say where, but... No, that's fine. Neither one of them were. The first one for my friend's birthday was in San Clemente. Oh, yeah. We we talked about that. I think I, like, you spoke called. about it before I Wait, left. Did you? No, you... No, I called when I was packing. Oh. Yeah, I called in, like, towards the end. Oh, yeah, nice. And then the one for the family this past uh, weekend was in Monterey. And that was pretty cool. Oh, I actually checked out a meeting there. Yeah, I went to one. Nice. Tell us about it. Um, the it was a meditation meeting, I think, or a candlelight. It was there. There were definitely like candles. Um, did we meditate? I don't even remember if we did or did it. Meditating now. <laughs> for a second I was I was Did napping. we meditate silence? <laughs> Let's pause for a moment of silence. God. <laughs> you like that one, right? No real pause. A real moment of silence. But continue, Monterey meeting. Yeah, so the meeting there was pretty good. Um I think it was a clubhouse and there were some very interesting art on the walls. And I actually do like meetings where they have like all these like sayings plastered and like the steps and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, uh, do they have pictures of the saints like Bill W and mm -hmm. Dr. What's his name? Dr. Bob? No, they don't. Oh. But, um, I, I was, uh, I was a rebel that weekend. I touched champagne to my lips. Oh. For appearances only, I take it. What? For appearances only, I yeah, take it. Yeah, because my sister was like, oh, we're going to cheers. You should get your juice. I'm like, dude, I could just do this. You could have jinxed the whole the whole marriage if... If I, if if I unleashed my true self. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that you're not showing us your true self right now? Oh, no, this is me. This is it. This is it, guys. <laughs> no, but I did a funny thing. Like, I touched it to my lips while I was, like, looking at her. And then I did, like, a... Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but... To, 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 yeah. <laughs> to show the, 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 the Jekyll Hyde thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it was great. Um, we had a lot of fun. I uh, I was just telling Madison, I, I taught couples massage to the couples there. So that was very sweet. That's cool. What'd you guys do while I was away? The mice played. <laughs> um. <laughs> I was going to say not the what podcast. That I never heard that. <laughs> That's what you didn't do. <laughs> Pegasus is the king of obscure phrases, phraseology. <laughs> Come on, it's not that obscure. Oh my goodness. 
Um, what did we do? Uh, yeah, I guess we weren't here. I've just been busy with work and uh, a court case, preparing filings, and it's just uh, I uh, I understand now that people say what you see on TV with cops and lawyers is nothing like what it is in real life. It's a lot of work and preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, but during all of this, despite the extreme emotions, I did not take a drink. I didn't even think of taking a drink. Nice. I mostly thought about chocolate as a way to ameliorate my uh, my feelings of fatigue, mainly. I just, you know, rather than a cup of coffee at 9 p.m., I ate a couple of Reese's peanut butter nice. cups. And that kept me sailing for another couple of hours. You didn't think about cheeseburgers? Not, not at that hour. <laughs> at that hour, like you know, maybe an apple or, um, you know, maybe some toast with, uh, Nutella on it. Maybe some, uh, foreshadowing. Uh, well, that's remarkable Pegasus. Um, some foreshadowing perhaps into the topic that shadow lady proposed earlier today. Um, it sounds like you Pegasus did not have any desire or notion to drink over, possible resentments struggles well yeah i would say that's true um i mainly you know i guess the thing that's come with sobriety is a desire to you know work my way through things fight my way through if necessary but just to understand what's going on and and, and work through. And in the process, I'm probably creating resentments in other people, but that's because they first sought to deceive me. And, <laughs> and now, um, now they're paying for it. Sauron, the great deceiver. <laughs> Speaking of obscure. Are you sure you're not deceiving yourself? Do you, are you shadow lady going into very dark territory? <laughs> are, I'm in the shadows. We're happy to just be in. Well, the, <laughs> what is it that you think you know about me, shadow lady? I I don't know. <laughs> do you really know a person though? Like, do you even know yourself? Should I just keep going deeper? That was a topic at one of Does our recent. Does anybody ever uh, really know themselves? That was a topic at one of our recent meetings uh, or recently maybe in the last month or two um that's what i'm hearing in sobriety like people are discovering who they really are and it just you know there's a lot of like changes you think that you're one way but then you realize you're like oh my god like there's stories that i've read like this one share like the woman ended up realizing she was like lesbian in sobriety hmm yeah, I feel like I've I've heard that before, I think, for show. Didn't happen to me, though, y'all. Jay Quellen out. Just give it some more time. <laughs> Jay Quellen discovered that Jay Quellen was going to refer to Jay Quellen in the third person. And Jay Quellen... You're so Jay. Jay Quellen discovered that Jay Quellen is the same orientation from before. Boring. I think um, I will say like, no, it's a great it's a great topic. Um, but I think that I'm pretty much the same guy. I mellowed out. Everyone like people who know me well know that I'm not. I don't think that I'm super mellow. But all these other people think I'm mellow <laughs> and chill and whatever. I think I do respond to things in a more chill 
neutral way, like uh, in my, maybe professionally or or in times of crisis. But otherwise, I'm same old guy, same old fun loving racist guy. But <laughs> that's what I thought. Where did that come from? <laughs> Jay Quallen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see here. How about um, Jay Quellen had a has had an interesting time since Shadow Lady has been away, which I don't know. Is it a month? Is it a week? <laughs> like how long? It's two uh, weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. I miss you too, Jay Quellen. Um, we're nothing without you. I know we were uh, recent. I think the last time I saw you, we were uh, visiting a fellow sober friend who was in a medical situation in the hospital. So, um, I don't remember when that was, but yeah, I hope that I don't have any news on that friend, but I hope they're doing well. I do. Oh, okay. That's, we can talk about it later. I try to give him Cheetos. Oh, well, can you say, can you just say if it's good news? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, good. Okay. And okay. is pretty like underrated. It's actually pretty good. Oh, okay. Just okay. I'm doing okay. Getting better? Are they getting better? Yeah. Good to hear. Nice. Not talking into the mic anymore? I'm sharing it. Was, oh. Was someone who's not buying in. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm just lurking tonight, like I said. Lurker. Madison the Lurker. So I met, uh, I had a 30 minute conversation with a police officer today. Um, and, uh, that was actually really fun. Tell us what happened. How did that, <laughs> well, um, so I spend, uh, as you guys know, um, but I don't know if our adoring fans know out there that, uh, I, well, I might've shared that I spend a few hours in the tenderloin every week now for the last, uh, couple months doing some service, some volunteering and, uh, so I'm starting, I have my own beat, just like this cop has his own beat. And they do use that term still. I forgot. He told me a lot of stuff. I should have made notes. Did, um, did they give you a nightstick? Oh, man. No. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I've been going there, so I do my um, volunteer commitment. But I've also been um, going early or and or staying after and just walking around the neighborhood like just seriously guys just walking around the neighborhood and i've been digging into like more um fun facts about the tl uh it's just become i suppose it's become like a curiosity and uh and a fun you know like currently passionate uh um i hope it's sustained but obsession or interest and uh so Every time I'm there, I snap some photos and that I will share with uh, just observations and we'll share them with friends potentially on social media. And then um, my goal is to meet people, real people out there. Um, And so today was like a bonanza. I caught up with a friend at a TL coffee shop that's super cool that I've been going to every week. So getting to know that owner caught up with an old college friend. So we caught up and, um, he was interested in getting more involved in, uh, he's like a tech glitterati blah, 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 but really nice guy, but really nice guy. Um, and 
he uh, knew that I was up to some stuff in the community and he reached out, which was really cool. So like that was a plus, like just by posting a couple of things, um, someone in my network who I hadn't uh, talked to in a decade um, uh, reached out and we got coffee together right there a block away from in the TL where the service commitment is near the uh, Civic Center. And we talked and he expressed a lot of interest and enthusiasm in getting involved. And there's so many things that people can get involved in you know causes or whatever but we were just i was sharing my experience and then he was talking about some neat projects um around the elections and voting or around uh, bicycle um bike lane um optimization and stuff like that just cool stuff he's a tacky guy i'm not but the so that was one catch up um live in the tl and the other one was with this police officer that i talked to for um, 30 minutes and um, that was really cool I just wanted to um, I don't know like I don't think I really talked to a lot of police officers <laughs> in my life I have a weird I don't know I'm curious what actually I would ask uh, ask you guys and I would throw it out to the listeners out there 415 <laughs> if you want to talk about your relationship or your your feeling oh shoot no i don't really want to throw this out to the listeners <laughs> well we did no, come but, in <laughs> we did come in with a particular topic in mind could you refresh us on that shadow lady and see how it meshes resentment step Res four. Oh well i think police are all about resentments <laughs> um, is that from like a personal experience well yeah and my, or a theory my dad was a was an mp when he served in the army. What's MP? A military police. Military. Oh. My grandfather was a, was a sheriff's deputy in, in Nevada County, um, up north of here. That's cool. And so I got to know cops uh, kind of firsthand. Yeah. And then working as a reporter in New York City, I met many cops who did not like me at all. Yeah. Um, but I think it's... What did you do? <laughs> Why would Ask they too like many you? questions. Yeah, just taking pictures and asking questions at crime scenes. Was did you really? To, to get you, uh, you know, to, to get a body, you know, like a body check or, uh, you know, to get walked away from the scene. Even though that's illegal for them to do, they would do mm. it all the time. Hmm. Um, but uh, so you brought up police. You were having a conversation with the police in the TL. Yeah, what were you guys talking about? about? Yeah, so um, it's so it's part of the goal, as I mentioned, to just get to know people um, on the street, I guess. I, I think I'll start walking into businesses like liquor stores and stuff and talking to people there, too, because that's pretty easy to talk to, like, somebody at a liquor store. <laughs> and But, uh, you know, it took some courage, honestly. Like, I, I've been... Um, I actually... Oh, yeah, so... So I wanted to I wanted to find two parties. So I wanted to talk to a police officer, and um, I also wanted to talk to one of the um, block by block street team cleanup team members uh, employed by the TL Tenderloin Community Benefit District. Um, and there, those are about like 10, 15, 20 employees uh, who are contracted out by the Community Benefit District to help. Um, excuse me, to do cleanup. So they power wash sidewalks. They take hotline calls from biz business owners and residents. They 
well, essentially, I mean, when they're called, like they'll power wash shit off the off the sidewalk, like, and they collect needles. Also, they safely dispose needles, and um, and I've seen them around, and I've said hi, and I always say thank you to them because I'm like, shit, man, that's a crazy job. Mm. Um, and uh, I want to learn more about uh, who they're employed by, how the community community benefit district works, and you know, what's their, how are they paid, and you know, kind of just their profile you know they're doing interesting work um i feel like work that people really wouldn't want to do even if you are being paid and to put it in perspective the the tlcbd uh clean streets team they put out monthly statistics monthly statistics online you can find it online and i've been digging into that and for example in the month of august that team of max i think 15 15 guys picked up 2,000 needles, safely disposed 2,000 needles off the street. And wasn't this That astounded me. That's a lot. And wasn't this in the news recently with I, President Trump claiming that San Francisco had a, a drug epidemic and all the needles washed out into the ocean? And, oh, is that right? But but it turns out that that was horseshit I guess, because uh, we have a good filtration system and people are busy picking up the needles off the I ground. guess uh, the TLCBD was picking up all the needles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like Trump needs to go meet one of those block by block TLCBD guys. CBD, I keep mentioning CBD to people and they're like, CBD oil? <laughs> um, Hotel but, guy doesn't stoop below his rank. But uh, so I did meet, uh, I'll, I'll just say, I did meet one of the blue shirted, blue, you know, they, they're pushing around, uh, they wear gloves, they have some implements, they're pushing around a blue uh, trash bin and... Um, they can um, commandeer a, a power washer when needed and uh, very cheerful guys. And I introduced myself. I met one of them. I actually got his email because I want to correspond with him further. And uh, the guy was from Cuba. It, really mm-hmm. interesting. He was a Cuban immigrant. And uh, and anyways, uh, yeah, he was confirming some stats. And he told me that like that in what last year they picked up 38,000 needles was his uh, was his estimate wow. um and i mean let me ask you a question can you imagine picking up one needle off the <laughs> off the street with proper you wanna, protection sure would you want to pick up would you want to pick up one needle i with do a, it. with a 10 foot pole <laughs> um <laughs> i mean not that we have to or we're supposed to i mean this just blows my mind so there's a lot of other stats on there you know they receive 55 service calls um i think that's quite low actually in a month i wonder you know if but but I could be wrong. I'm just learning about it. But it was cool to meet him and chit chat with him. I got pictures, and then the police officer, a young guy, Wait, super nice. It's low because you guys don't want to pick it up. Could be higher. We should pick up needles. Wait, who? The society at large. I don't know, man. I think you need training and stuff. You need sure, that special of course. You need, of you course. Need That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to pick up no needles. Um, so the, the police thing, I'll say real quick. Uh, so I wanted to talk to a police person. I see these guys, every, the, the blue guys, the other blue guys, um, every week that I'm there. So I'm like, I got to talk to somebody. I found these two guys on, I forgot what street I was on. It wasn't Turk, but, um, these two sort of maybe middle-aged, um, police officers and, uh, and, 
I walked up to them and I, I, I told one of the guys, I said, I just said, um, excuse me. Um, do you have a minute to, do you have just, do you have a minute? Um, can I chat with you for just a minute? And, and that's what I said. Um, and then I was going to introduce myself and without hesitation, this guy, I said, can I chat without hesitation? He said, um, actually I have a court date. I have to go. I, not a court date. I have a, I have to be at court. I have to go. But I mean, I, I'm a charitable person, you know, I'll say, oh yeah, you know, he's busy, police have to go to court or whatever. But what I, I think what I take offense to is that he didn't say like, oh, what's your matter? You know, right. He didn't acknowledge me, you know, right. Like he just said, I have to go away. Um, I thought that was, that was annoying. So anyways, that was that I felt a little bit weird about it. And then I was walking around and then I saw this younger police officer who's like just chilling, you know, was that a resentment? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I don't think it was a resentment because I didn't really carry I didn't carry anything with me. So it was just more like being thrown off guard because I thought he would have said, hey, um, what what's going on? Do you have any issue? And then when I said like, no, he'd be like, oh, I actually have to go do something. All right. Follow up question. If it doesn't, then you're still talking about it right now. Well, I'm explaining like what I was up to today. I'm just giving a blow by blow and getting to the police officer that I had a really positive experience with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, uh, so I I can tell you shadow lady, I have zero resentment in connection with that, that, uh, that thing, you know, I mean, people can offend us and we can (laughs) not be resentful about it. Right. We have that, we have that possibility today um, through, through recovery. I'm, We're not always resentful by things anymore. I'm asking know? a question because like for me personally, that's what I'm going through right now. It's like, I feel like I need to be honest with myself. Right. And obviously like this doesn't have to apply to you. It's more of like a self-reflection. Like I'm reflecting mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. because if totally. like things, at least things that I thought didn't like affect me, are still on my mind. And if I I need like to share that with somebody, that's me still like acknowledging that this thing happened to me. So somehow like it's in my mind, but like the things that maybe like it didn't really like affect me or I don't have any feelings around, I actually don't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I I suppose like (laughs) things that you don't care about, you don't talk about. But if something like affects you, then but yeah, you, you can talk care, about you it. You can care about things positively and you can care about, th- it's, you don't just care about things negatively. Sure. Right? Um, so I will say, no, that's good. I mean, this is a good topic. So I think we got to get to the meat of it um, and I'll let you, you know, sort of uh, drive that in a, in a moment. I just wanted to say that I had a super positive, friendly interaction with this other police officer who is younger. He was on the force for five years. He's a San Francisco native, grew up in the outer sunset. And I learned a lot about him and about the neighborhood and had a lot of questions. And I led with, you know, hey, I, I volunteer here and, you know, I'm I'm uh, fairly local and um, very familiar with the city and getting more interested in the TL. And he was just like, he, we were just riffing. Like he appreciated that. I mean, imagine like, yeah, I don't know. I can only imagine that out there, not a lot of people are coming up to him and talking to him and having like a positive conversation, you know, like smiling and asking questions and being sincerely interested. And, and, uh, so average day in the tenderloin, I would guess not. Yeah. That's what, um, that's what I would think. And, and so, uh, yeah, he told me a lot of interesting things about, 
the drug dealing that's going on, the types of gangs, where people come from, the types of offenses, who they arrest, who they don't arrest. I mean, it was I was talking to a police officer and he was giving me all this information. He blew away some of my stereotypes. I won't go into all the details. I'll talk to you guys about it offline or make some notes. But it was it was really cool. It, it was just really cool interaction. I'm going to, like, withhold any judgment about, about the police in general, you know? Was he um, a general beat cop, or was that a public information officer? No, no, he was a, he was a beat cop. Huh. And let me tell you some things about this guy. He, he, he was saying that, like, uh, I mean... He was in the Bayview, and then he's in the T, he's in the TL now. Um, over the last five years, that's been his deal. Um, you know, he's made arrests. He's helped build cases. Um, he's administered Narcan. He was talking about the use of Narcan, and I really was. I've heard about it, but I wasn't familiar with it, and I, I have an idea of why it's why people are why they have it. He was telling me just just an anecdote. He told me that th- that he regularly administers Narcans to overdose mm. folks. Right, that's where we administer it. Right to people yeah. who are yeah, overdosing, yeah, yeah. and he carries it around. He has it in the back of his car. His his squad car was there. He had a nickname for it. Man, I should have been taking notes of his bucket. He called the car his bucket. And <laughs> You know, those SFPD cars are junkers, you know? Oh, they're, There's no nice, like, in the suburbs where they have the chargers and all that kind of stuff. They're from, like, some 25-year-old government contract <laughs> yeah. with laptops from 1992 yeah. or something. And they're ridiculous. He had his Narcan uh, in the back, and he told me, I, um, he was telling me I administer it regularly, you know, it's good that we have it. He said, you know, I slash we, we, we try to get to know everybody here. He says, I know the drug dealers, you know, yeah. he's like, I talk to the drug dealers, huh. you know, and they're not people I'm arresting. Like he, he went into like how the judges deal with these cases, the revolving door, um, who's arrested, where they go and how they get out, how it's just very quick turnaround yeah. back on the streets, whatever. There are some things that are stereotypes that we're familiar with. And there were a lot of things that he confirmed. There were things that I absolutely had no idea about. It was quite fascinating. He was a guy in uniform, right? Oh yeah. He's yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Beat You're skeptical, did, right? <laughs> did, no. Did he talk about the undercovers that work there? Um, we didn't get into okay. it. We didn't get into that. Hey, that's Those next are the guys time. who make the arrest. That's that's next time uh, that we, <laughs> we we meet we uh, that I meet with him. But um, he uh, yeah he, he shared a lot about the kind of intelligence that they've gathered, and he said that uh, there was one day where he administered Narcan five times, and that was the max. Wow. Like that was the most he had ever administered it in a day. That's a lot. He said he f- they they find people dead on the you know overdosing dead on the street. Yeah. Um, he encouraged me to talk to addicts who were you know it's relevant to our talk. He encouraged me to talk to addicts and learn about their stories. And he said he's gotten a lot of stories. And he had a very charitable view of what's going on. You know, yeah. um, and. Uh, I got, I, I felt that there was a lot of like, a lot of sympathy, but I was just really approaching it neutrally. I was just sort of like, Hey man, I just want to get your perspective. Um, I don't, I don't ever, this is probably the most significant conversation I've ever had with the police a yeah. member of law enforcement. Wow, that's <laughs> you know? cool. Um, so yeah, anyways, that was good. It was, it was interesting. It's, it's nice to run across a, a member of the, uh, the police service that, you know, isn't jaded or angry or, or drunk and, uh, you know, just unable or unwilling to talk, um, which is the usual experience. I, uh, I regularly try to chat with cops around San Francisco, um, okay. shooting 
shooting public photos or not. And, um, you know, I get a wide variety. Like, there, there are a lot of cops just don't want to be in your picture. And um, Yeah, he and I took We took a picture together. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Well, because I want to post it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a news picture. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got like, you. Madison's you know. leaving. Oh, hey, Madison. Madison. Have fun. I will. I'm gonna go. Bye, Madison. Organize you know, you, yo. She. You, you change one phoneme about that name, and it's and she's Madison. <laughs> Madison, go talk to those undercovers at the dance club. I will. All right, Madison. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. I feel lost without medicine here. <laughs> Madison We're, was holding this my whole medicine. thing together. This whole operation. Um, so, yeah, do it. Um, do it, Dr. Bob. I mean, Bob. Um, so, let's see. I just want to see if there's anything... There. Talk, 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 That's talk, 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 about talk. it. It was a great day. I had a busy day. I was all over town. Okay. Loving the city. Bob? Yeah. Anything? Any words? No, not Before really. we get into the serious topic? Nothing in particular. All right. Sounds so cops, good. Cops have you don't the... have any check-ins? What did you do last week? Work. Work and movies, the usual. Yeah, yeah. movies, by the way. Yeah. Anything good? Uh, yeah, I have a, a movie to recommend. That's um, I think it's only playing at the Alamo in San Francisco. It's called Manos. Uh, it's about uh, Colombian uh, uh, guerrilla fighters. Um, is, is, say the name again. M O N O S. Manos. Manos. Um, it's all in Spanish Manos. with subtitles, um, and it's a bunch of guerrilla fighters, but they're all like young teenagers. It's like seven or eight of them, and they're all like young kids. And a lot of these children actors uh, had never actually acted before. They they um, actually got to see a uh, a showing with the director and uh, the star of the film, um, and they apparently uh, found a lot of these kids. Uh, they went to schools and you know found these. Some of these kids came off of the street and stuff, and uh, they were all just really fabulous actors. And um, they basically it's these kids who are all isolated in this little troop of uh, rebel fighters um, the first half it takes place up in the highlands and the second half takes place out mm -hmm. in the jungles and they're protecting a prisoner of war mm -hmm. which of course is an American that they've kidnapped um, a beautiful American no doubt no less uh, in my opinion Okay. Did you see the movie? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I wish I had seen your screening. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like yeah, they, jealous. They did but a really long Q and A afterwards. Oh man, um, yeah, I saw the, it the last American, week. The American, the American, the woman who played the American was there. Oh man, I could have asked her out. Yeah. Dang. She's, she is married. Oh shoot! I, oh man. Um, yeah, Monos monkeys. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. It was a great oh, movie. Oh, is that what it means? Monos. Yeah. Okay. I think I think it's slang. For a for, second, uh, I thought you said mano, like no, no, no. hands. No, no, no. Mono. M O N O S. Yeah. Monos. Mono. Um, really, really Monos. beautiful movie. Incredibly, f beautifully filmed. Incredibly and, scored. Yeah, yeah. It's actually very minimally scored. It's actually it, not a huge amount of music in it, but it's really, really well done. 
very visceral. There's like it's, one. It's not getting a huge, you know, amount of uh, advertising, or you know, it's not a large release. So, you know, I think it's something that you know you may not hear about, but it, you know, you should see it if you get a chance. It's definitely really worth seeing. So it's a dramumentary, not a documentary. It is not a documentary. Okay. Yeah, that's it's great. Thanks for mentioning that. That was that was awesome. That was a great movie. Um, I'll, I'll also say that I'm going to, well, I have tickets for Downton Abbey tomorrow. That's all I want to say. Of course you do. Yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> but you didn't go to the fancy dress party? No, I don't have anything to wear. Oh, yeah, right. Says the guy who... Uh, says what? My, my, sister, <laughs> hey, my, sister, what my sister-in-law is a costumer, and she offered, oh. offered to get me an appropriate costume for the fancy dress party, oh. and I politely... Uh, uh, said no thank you. Did she go? Dude. No, no, no. Oh. She, she, she's not actually you, interested you, in you, going to Downton Abbey the movie. Just like you're actually, not. Maybe just, she is. I don't you, know. Actually, you, that you might, say yes to upper alley. You say yes to offers like that. Yeah. No. You should have passed that Parties offer like along that, to me. You never know what'll happen. Okay. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's like some innuendo. <laughs> No, I mean, take it any way you want. Seems like a lot of work getting all dressed up and then just going and sitting and watching a movie. I agree. Oh. Okay, we're getting dressed up on the 28th. (laughs) For what? We're watching a movie. Well, yeah. So I'm I'm making like a request. You guys are watching Blue Velvet, right? I don't know what you would get dressed up as to go see Blue Velvet, though. Just something fancy. Maybe like a long dress. Okay. Yeah, I'm not not wearing a long dress. (laughs) Do you have a suit? I think you'd look rather um, rather smashing know. in a long dress. All right, you have Bob. eight days. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> you can the, rent that. Unfortunately, the suit store I, I shop at closed. The the zoot suit store. You mm. you have the oh, the internet. one on Mission Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yet another you know long time Mission store that has closed. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about that place down in where is it Santa Clara? That it's like. You know, the sort of steampunk suit emporium. I don't know. That'd be great if I had a car. What is that? Uh, you can order online. Like, they've got a pretty good online ordering system. I don't, yeah. And then <laughs> He's it, just and then finding it, every, like, reason to be like, no. Is, isn't a suit something a suit. that you want to, like, go and get fitted for, though? It depends on... I mean, you can spend a thousand bucks doing that, or you can spend, like, $250 at this place doing it and you take all your own measurements and <laughs> you take your own measurement i mean it's not the same like that's pretty cool it, it's th- this is i mean you can yes get a custom tailored suit or you yeah. can get a suit that is you know that that fits you approximately okay. without spending a, a huge bundle of money that a, that a tailored suit okay. will cost you or you can go get a a vintage suit on Hate Street for less money. Sure. All right. Um, I did dress up in a suit to go see uh, Hustlers. I saw oh. that movie this week. Uh, we went. I went to the rowdy screening. Oh, you did. Where is and, that? Uh, sorry. Where is that? Alamo. At the Alamo, they had special screenings that were uh, rowdy screenings. What does, what does that, that mean? What's a rowdy it screening? Means you don't have to be quiet. Like you do at most of the Alamo screenings. 
Yeah. Like, okay. You like will be ejected it, from the theater. The Alamo has some special events where the Alamo is normally very strict about, you know, no talking, no cell phones, but they have some special events yeah. where you're, you're actually allowed to like sing along with the movie or get into the stand up in the aisle and dance. Um, like a, okay. you'll, you'll get a single warning before you're <laughs> before you're thrown out of the theater. Jake yeah, Paul, what did you do? Event. So did you get in the aisle, get up in the aisle and dance at, at Hustlers? What did you do? No, it was actually, I got to say, like, I was trying to hoot and holler as much as possible, but it was actually quite a, t- a tame crowd. The beginning of the movie really lended itself when they spent a lot of time in the... Uh, in the strip clubs and stuff, it really lent itself to a lot of hooting and hollering. There was a lot of laughter, but it got it got a little bit more serious. So surprisingly, the movie didn't lend itself as well to to being rowdy as as we thought it would. Mm-hmm. But it was a ton of fun, and there were a lot of laughs. I think even in a non rowdy screening, there would have been a lot of laughter. You know, um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it it got it's been getting amazing reviews like you know like 90 percent on tomatoes nine out of ten on ign whatever it looked like an absurd movie to me on the surface but then when i saw that i'm like oh intrigued i gotta go check this out yeah, um, i think it's the number one movie this week remember oh, piranhas was wow. an absurd movie on the surface but once you watched it it just unfolds and becomes Did we all we all watched that right yeah the three of us yeah, yeah. that was a blast terror <laughs> tuesdays that was such a blast that was so great thanks what for was that movie inviting uh, me piranha is a uh a piranha. Uh, horror movie directed by Dante. Oh, you watched Piranhas? Yeah, it was so okay. good. I've seen the movie, like the maybe the original one. I mean, this was yeah, like yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, from the seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, okay. I will say this: like, I don't recommend not, not Piranha Two, directed by James Cameron, where they thought to breed uh, flying fish with piranha. Oh yeah. I have uh, to review my Piranha <laughs> movie, but. I just wanted to say that um, I, you know, if, yeah, if you're not super excited about it, really, I don't recommend seeing it in the theater, but but I would recommend seeing it when it comes out, like on iTunes or whatever. Are you a big J-Lo fan? Um, well, I am. Uh, I did listen to J-Lo growing up, and I didn't think much of her acting chops from like Made in Manhattan and other movies like that. But she did a great job, guys. I mean, in, in my opinion, and I think she got those reviews as well, and she was on the talk shows or whatever, but I thought she really did a standout job. She's um, a she's triple a great, threat. She was great in this movie. She I would, inhabited... I'd describe yeah. her as the... As the um, st- a strip... Matronly stripper version of um, uh, Denzel Washington in Training Day. <laughs> Wait, what? That's it. That's about it. I I get it. So the kind of corrupt, um, you know, leading the newbies into the the the, the bad life. Well, there, you just described the movie. <laughs> wow, amazing! With a lots of strapping. Oh yeah. This is Hustlers. Um, yeah, and J Lo like learned. There's a lot of footage of it. Like, oh, Cardi she, B was in it. Uh, Cardi B, Lizzo. Lizzo um, was it? Constance Wu was like the main character. It was uh, really a lot about her from Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, I'm really glad. I, I gotta say, I gotta go. It was really cool to see an Asian in a character where she hadn't finished high school, was a you know sort of like you know I mean 
not a medical doctor yeah like a a low life sort of you know like a deadbeat mom and and um is struggling and a stripper and criminal and all this kind of stuff and um watch old episodes of y50 if you're if you're looking (laughs) for more of that Uh, yeah definitely okay or dragnet or that depiction uh, (laughs) a chinese exclusion act one adam 12 um, so we have a long list there. I, I, I want to say it was good to see that, but Pacific Rim, baby. The but the but is that um, oh, Pacific Rim is a whole different movie. Um, no, yeah, I mean I the, okay. Um, uh, but uh, I wanted to say that um, I don't think she's a good actress. That's all I wanted to say. Constance. Yeah, she's not a good actress. I'm glad she was in the role and. I didn't think she was good in Crazy Rich Asians, and I don't think she's good in this movie. Wait, who, the crazy is she like the main character in Crazy Rich Asian? Uh, she's the 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 fiance. I'm so surprised because well, maybe like there is one kind of like yeah, she's stereotype she yeah. plays. Well, this is a very different different <laughs> role, very kidding. different role. <laughs> And she's, she's like, oh, this was a true story, by the way, guys. This was, this movie was based on a true, true crime. Yeah. So that, that's, I'm digging into that, that as well. It's actually about my life. Is it now? Psych. A good segue. <laughs> All right, take it away, yo. <laughs> I have a coworker who um, is a, an exotic dancer like a go-go dancer, you know, pole dancing and all of that wow. um, in her, like in her private life. Yeah. But she makes no secret of it at the office. Makes and no secret, you said? Yeah, she, oh. she, she shares it. She invite, invites people to come oh, to, to see her competitions and stuff. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it's sort of, no pun intended, straddles the line between um, <laughs> gymnastics, you know, competitive yeah. gymnastics and, um, you know, strip Synchronized club. It's totally hard. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, she's fit. I, I also have a friend and she does competitions and like she is strong oh yeah yeah i tried one class i brought um a friend of mine to take the class like she had she was going through like a really tough breakup and i thought like this class or activity would like cheer her up and um yeah like it's very very physical for sure mm-hmm Yeah. So shall we get to like some serious topics, guys? Oh, by the way, if you're just joining us, you're on Mutiny Radio. We're on mutinyradio.fm. We're High Spirits, uh, the show that's ostensibly about sobriety, recovery, and people's relationship with drugs and alcohol of all stripes. Using those 25 cent words again. Oh, yeah. Um, We're joined by Bob. Shadow Lady, myself, Jay Quellen, and my co-host, Pegasus. Pegasus. You're on High Spirits. If you'd like to call in and talk to us about your relationship with drugs and alcohol, your sobriety, recovery, or not. Or your relationship problems. Or whatever. be the love line. Or your relationship with cops. No, please don't talk about your relationship with cops. Um, The number is 415-550-0511. But shall we... Or maybe if you're a cop and you want to call oh, in and yeah. talk about drugs and alcohol. That'd be great. I was talking to a cop about drugs and alcohol this afternoon. The next one that you should check out, by the way, is in our neighborhood. Because I, I had that. Like, down by where we live, there's, like, projects there. And I did talk to a cop 
for a little while because I got off at the wrong stop. <sighs> and a cop car came up to me and was just like inquiring because I, I looked pretty lost. <laughs> they were looking to help you or they thought you were some kind of perp? Uh, have you seen hey, me? If anybody knows what <laughs> Shadow Lady looks like, she looks like a perp. Totally the, a perp. It's, it's the nunchucks and the, uh, perp walk. the samurai swords. They give it away. She's, <laughs> she's a walking felony uh, weapons violation. I am. I'm, I'm just regular criminal. Speaking <laughs> of the bus, I, I wanted to say, man, well, the bus is always exciting. It's always exciting. Um, typically fun, uneventful, listening to music, whatever, people watching. And then occasionally, like, bad. But uh, but today when I was taking the bus um, back from the Tenderloin back home, it's all good. You know, it's crowded. There's a lot of, lot of kinds of big demographic. Which bus did you take? 19. Oh, um, yeah. And... Uh, and there was a guy, he's sitting across from me, right? There's the, always a guy. The, the bus, yeah, yeah, you guys know. The bus is crowded. Um, there are a couple of seats here and there. There was one next to me. The guy's sitting across from me. He sits next to me and puts his arm around my chair, not around me but around my seat and he was invading my personal space, you know, and I, I was leaned back. So then I moved forward. I became vigilant. I was looking around and let me just say this. He looked like a sketchy motherfucker. Okay. I, I won't go into more details than that. <laughs> Drop whatever imagery you want out there. Radio listeners. This is radio, but he was a sketchy motherfucker out of his mind, mumbling to himself a little bit. And so actually I was sort of frozen there for a while. And then I, I actually moved. I was going to ask that. Yeah, like if I, I moved to the front of the bus. said something or just like moved away. No, I didn't say anything. He was mumbling to himself. But well, it was uncomfortable. Maybe he was ostensibly just trying to share some brotherly love yeah, with you. Yeah, possible. Philadelphia. He was whispering, hi, I love you. Brotherly love. <laughs> maybe he's just staring at his Philadelphia. Did he look like he was under the influence? Like what was his I, mental honestly, state? Honestly, I couldn't tell. He was actually pretty low-key. He wasn't just some wild, crazy man, you know? He was kindly mumbling to it's, himself. He was either mumbling to himself or he was listening to music and singing along to the music. I don't know. Take your pick. It's hard to tell anymore. Invisible Bluetooth. Hello? Yeah, I'm just talking to myself on the street. Um, and, oh, guys, speaking of movies <laughs> from a while ago, Bob, I just saw face off after 15 i saw face off after like 20 years 25 for the years. first time you saw it no no no. i saw it i oh, saw it for, many okay. times when i was young as a as a young man a teenager boy did, whatever did it hold up wait wait wait. is this the travolta or the uh cage vehicle i forget it's which both both, both. Oh, they, this was they the traded uh, faces cage playing travolta and travolta playing cage i want his face off um, you gotta love movies that say the title of the movie in the movie. Oh boy, I thought this might get Bob's interest, but let me tell you, did it hold up? It was phenomenal. Oh, man. It was. I loved it as a as a you know as a youngster, and it was so good. It's so entertaining. It gets ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. and the movie is so absurd. How is that possible? Is yeah. it on Netflix? No, uh, we actually rented it on iTunes. 
Dang. It's going to put it on right now. (laughs) Wasn't that John Woo? (laughs) Correct. John Woo and HDTGM. How did this get made? Did I think episode 109 or something from years ago, they covered it. So I'm listening to that now and just laughing out loud on the bus like a crazy man. (laughs) And then somebody else moved away from you. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively neighbor. That's karma, buddy. It just keeps flowing on and on. Flanders. You put out a resentment and the next person picks it up. Karma's karma's a bitch. Yeah. I I ride public transportation and walk around the streets listening to comedy, you know, mostly Doug loves movies on my headphones. And sometimes I'll just randomly start laughing out loud and I'll see people move away from me. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wouldn't you? I mean, anytime somebody walks by me, they're sitting so near to me to start with (laughs) and says like, Hey, what's up? Get away from ourselves. Meditation. Go on. No, no, no. That's it. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. But, uh, so we talked a little bit about movies. We checked in. Um, if if you're just joining us, this is high spirits on mutiny radio.fm. Step four. Step four. (laughs) This is, this is what happens when we've been gone for so long. We're just like, we're going to check in for the fall show. (laughs) Made a complete moral inventory of ourselves. How does it do anybody? I think that's what it is. Um, I thought you like write down. I I forget like they they explain like a good way about like step four and step five. It's like step four is like how did it like affect you? I think, and then like step five is like the workbook, the worksheet. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like how did it affect others? How did it so, affect others? What was my part in it? Um, how did I feel? Yeah. There's like five columns or something. Yeah. And, you know, my first, my my very first uh, sponsor was a guy that I think some of you may know, and he said, "Look, you know, basically it's uh, you know, it's whatever bad situations you're caught up in, you know, it, basically you need to confess to whatever, you know, whatever you did that, you know, talking about it isn't going to get you thrown in the slammer." I actually have a small book here, so I could tell you exactly like what the columns are. Okay. Do you like this? I have a pocketbook version. This is the first time listeners at home ever on this show that someone has whipped out the big book. Uh, we're not big book thumpers here. <laughs> uh, this is a little book. I'm a little book It's thumper. a little, little big book. Yes. Big little trouble, book little that China. Could. My eyes don't focus on that one anymore. Little China, big trouble. Where do I find it? Do any of you oh, know? Oh, just page six. <laughs> I'm like, hey, just page 63. I actually don't know. It's close. 65. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's oh. different with a small one. No, there's actually all the books, by the way, are have, have the same page number. Somehow they do that. Yeah, but I think you're right, though. The one that I'm doing right now for my sponsor has, like, five columns. It's, like, the name, what you're resentful towards. Uh, what is it? Huh? Did you find it? I did, but this is only three columns. No, yeah, but there's a fourth column. Tr- I, I was saying, traditionally, it's four columns. Three are listed there, and then there's a fourth column. Oh. And it's written in the, it's written in the text. Like it's not in the table, but it's written in the text. And then there are, there are two other components to it. Okay. So So the first one is like, I'm resentful at, so it's the name of the person. Well, I guess like 
people, places, and things, right? And then the costs, like why? They did me wrong. And then affects my... Uh, Financial pocketbooks, self-esteem. Yep. Sex relations. Yep. Pride. Oh, okay. You're, you're hitting all of them. Good job. And then where's the fourth? Is it like ball rolling? Like what? No. The, what was your part? The four, yeah. The fourth is our part. What's your part? What's and then like, what can you do differently next time? I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's called, well, I learned that for the first time with this, um, sponsor that I have. No, that's it's cool. called that's like cool. ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, there's modifications for sure. And different worksheets that I've seen. So it's all good. Yeah. And then the other, just the, that's, that's the, the, the main thing. And then it rounds out that chapter rounds out with, in terms of this fearless and thorough searching moral inventory, um, with sex inventory, um, and fears list. Yeah. So, um, the fears list is just like, just what are you afraid of? You know? And, uh, I'm afraid of the fact that people want me to give a sex inventory. It's like nobody's fucking business. What the well, hell was that about? Yeah. But I that's mean, liberation, right? Like you get to tell another person. I don't need to tell another person about my sex life. I mean, it, uh, no, you know what? Oh, no, I just, no, go for it's, it, go it, for it. it has always seemed invasive yeah, yeah. to me. That no, no, I think I, I hear you. I, I hear you. That's a way of saying, but you're wrong. No, 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 no. I hear you. No, I was going to say, I was just going to share that. No, I think that's your prerogative, honestly. I was just going to say that the way that I appreciate it or read it is that um, I'm not giving like... And, and tell me if I'm... I may be assuming something wrong about what you're saying, but I just saw it as like, if if I've done harm or have felt that I've been harmed in a romantic situation, that's how I read it. Then I wrote it down and I shared it. I'm just saying that's... I didn't see it in any other scope. But what does it have to do with using drugs or alcohol? Oh, um, it's related to, uh, like, negative feelings, resentments. Like, relationships, uh, relationships I found, but romantic relationships, and um, since I'm a cisgendered man, I don't know, my romantic relationships with women um, had a lot to do, inextricably tied to my drinking and, and to my resentments and my misdeeds or whatever my feelings maladaptive stuff so um yeah i won't go into it much further but i will say that like i worked the steps i discovered early on that i worked the steps around this problem you know with alcohol and drinking and my resentments but i also worked the steps around women so anyways what does that mean like working your i'm just gonna stop there and not explain what you're saying. No, no, I want to give it back to you. I'm still listening to you. You just like stopped abruptly and I don't know what, what you want. Oh no. Now I you're staring at me. No, I thought <laughs> you were, no, you were talking about the, uh, you know, like that it's personal business, you know? So did you not do the sex inventory then? Like when you, did you go through the steps already? No. Oh yeah. I've been through the steps a few no times. Comment. Did you like have any, did you do it or no? Well, I didn't do the worksheet that you guys did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think there's multiple versions of the worksheets. And yeah, but yeah. My, my first sponsor at the dry dock said, we're going to talk about sex. And I said, no, we're, we're not going to talk about sex. And, <laughs> and I just, 
I thought that was really strange and odd. And, and he I, was cool about it? I wasn't giving him any other option. I got fired by a sponsor because I didn't work my fourth step good enough. No. Yeah, oh. she fired me. I've been hearing about lately about people being fired. I don't, it's just on the ears, I guess. Yeah, like, like I, I, don't I don't understand know. that. So, what? so here's the thing: your sponsor is is actually your peer. There's no. This is someone who's just done it before. The fact that they may assume that they have any power over you or that they can manipulate you to do things their way, um, you know, by terminating the relationship abruptly. That, that seems a little over the top to me. It always has. Um, I mean, I think it's good to know that you have the power to end your relationship with your sponsor, but um, it's this is just another drunk who yeah. has been at it a bit longer mm -hmm. than you. Yeah, for and sure. And sometimes there are people who have been at it a very, very short time um, who are, you know, because they encourage you to put your hand up and start volunteering right away yeah. when you're in a program um, to, to become a sponsor. And I don't think anybody shows up with any expertise about family and, you know, marriage counseling oh gosh, or social work abilities. None of these people are trained. And so yeah. that someone wants to delve into, you know, private matters seems has always seemed a little uh, over the top to me. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'm arguing over much here. I mean, you guys take take off with your version of it, i'm but. i'm on your side because i didn't think like that warranted an ending of a relationship but then again like i guess i have i have to for my sobriety understand like what her intention was and also like is there truth to what she's telling me you know and i definitely feel like there is truth to it like i i don't know if i deserve that action or i just needed like a little bit more support and maybe like patience but there is truth in believing that like not everyone can give you what you want right so like that's what i wanted it's like a little bit more patience and understanding to just kind of like sit there and hold space for me because if it wasn't like very deep as me working my fourth step, then I don't know, like maybe just now with this new sponsor that I have, I think maybe it's been like six or seven months since I was at my fourth step and got fired. And now I actually am like pretty deep in my fourth step. So I needed time, hmm. you know, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I think, the point I'd really like to make is is that um, there's many different ways to do the four step, to do the steps, and to um, you know to arrive at, at whatever kind of enlightenment is necessary for you to mm -hmm. uh, unhook from um, you know the, the 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 feelings, the the motivations, the compulsions that led us to, to use alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. um, there are many other programs out there besides Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's many variations within Alcoholics Anonymous of how to do your fourth step, fourth, fourth through ninth steps. And so um, I guess maybe I'm a rebel relative to the big book, big book thumpers and traditionalists, but that's okay. I've, I've done all right without having to reveal my sexual history to another person. That's, I think that's great. Yeah. I think, um, what do we say? Like 
What's working? That's good. You know what I mean? It's working for you. Guys, it's working for Pegasus, I know. Well, no, Don't take my word this for is, it. This is me having a reaction and a resentment to <laughs> the way the program is structured. And and I've always oh, had that reaction okay. and resentment. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I'm, I guess I'm 10-stepping now. Um, so this is me also struggling to control the dialogue here, and I apologize for that. I'm realizing that now, and I'm... I'm going to take a step back and listen to you guys. Um, I guess I got set off by the, the whole sexual, you know, inventory oh, yeah. thing. We can, we can move on. I have no problem. Or, yeah. or you yeah. guys can talk about it the way that you want to talk about it. No, I'll, I think we I'll just meandered, meandered on that. Um, but, uh, oh, hey, I think, shall we take a break, guys? Sure. And then we'll come back to this topic. Um, hey, Music. we're just going to take a musical break. Uh, curated by Bob, um, none other than Bob, and join us in a, hum, in a couple minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. In we'll three. be back. High Spirits Mutiny Radio FM. No wonder the sound has so much body. <laughs> Thank you. 
Welcome back. High Spirits. You're listening to High Spirits on MutinyRadio.fm, broadcasting live from the sound stage at Mutiny Radio in the Mission. Woot, woot. Our number to call is 415-550-0511. If you want to talk to us about your escapades, positive or negative or neutral with drugs and alcohol, um, this is the show that supposedly talks about recovery and other things like movies. And cops. Okay. <laughs> we have like uh, the police thing that was directly popos. related to drugs. <laughs> um, so uh, thanks for that interlude, DJ Shadow. Wonderful, wonderful dude. Um, so anyways, we were talking about uh, our main topic tonight, um, as proposed by Shadow Lady, Fourth Step. Um, and you're in the midst of it, right? So it's really like on your mind and you're working on it. It is. And I just also realized like I have so many resentments all day, every day and like letting go is so hard. I I realize like there are things that maybe I'll, whether it's like with the fourth step here or other ways like meditation, prayer or whatever, Yada, 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 just to like help me learn how to let go. I will say actually to that, um, no, interesting. Good. Yeah. Good. Good topic. Um, just, I suppose from personal experience and advice, um, just like Kevin was talking about, you know, yeah, we're peers in here and, and, um, we're able to like guide each other through our own experience and some things that you may have done that I haven't, or that I've done that you have, but, um, the, to that point about your desire, your goal and hope to let go of resentments. I think I honestly, it's not even an issue in, in doing the fourth step and the fifth step in IMHO. Like, um, you just do it. You just write it down and you just keep moving. And then the result uh, th- this is the idea. This is the idea in the in the steps or in the in the literature is that the the net result as you go through four, five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, and then the maintenance steps as some people refer to them ten, eleven, twelve is that it will happen. You know, yeah. We don't have to dwell on like, will I ever be able to let this go? In fact, that's that's something that we drank over. You know that 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 hopeless notion, you know, or that struggle or Gordian knot, you know, that we get ourselves into that loop, like, oh, I hate this or this person or this institution or this situation. And will I ever get out of this or will I ever be able to let it go? And it's all natural. I totally understand where you're coming from. But as a, I think as a point of maybe clarity and motivation and also maybe some relief, I would say that actually, um, it's just about getting it on, um, on paper, pen and paper, and then just sharing it and just like going through that motion. Sure. Of course. I mean, people, sponsees tell me, I mean, I think it's for me or anybody like we'll report that like you have a lot of feelings around the things that you're writing, you know, it brings dredges up things, especially if you haven't, if you're unearthing them and you haven't considered them. But I think really it's like that it's, there's no worry. You don't have to worry about like, Oh, once I did my fifth, I'm still holding on to these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You do feel good sharing them. I think writing them out and sharing them, but it's like, you still gotta, I think really it's like you get some freedom from it, 
but then the eight and nine stuff is super freedom oriented. You get a lot of freedom from that. Do you ever have uh, sponsees who initially say they don't have any resentments? I have heard that. Um, <laughs> that was me. That's why I got fired. They, oh, yeah. Well, oh, now we're getting deeper into the, into the shadow ladies conundrum. I, I wrote very like short, like it was a very short list. And I, I, I think I was like maybe, maybe being too like idealistic, like because I had done my steps beforehand like with a different sponsor when I first started getting sober and so this time around I was like explaining to my sponsor that like my list is very short because now I've learned that most of the things I'm resentful towards is usually because it's something that I need to work on within myself Mm-hmm. And she wasn't buying that shit. She was like, no, you need to like write out specifics yeah, yeah, and just like write it out. And I was like, but I'm not really that angry anymore. <laughs> like if anything, I know I'm angry at myself. So I need to work on myself. That's a big one for sure. Regret, self, self-motivated. Um, well, did you put, did you put yourself on your resentment list? I definitely did. Yeah. I am pretty sure like I, I wrote down like things I was like resentful towards myself and I think that, but that's what I was saying, like six, seven months later down the road with a new sponsor and now I'm on my fourth step, like my list is so long now. And I think like there, there was truth to like what I was saying, but also there was truth to like what she was forcing me to do that she fired me over was that like, I was in a relationship at that point. I I was like with a boyfriend and it was just like, it, it was a sober relationship, but there was still like a lot of like ups and downs and a couple like relapses on my end. And, you know, like maybe whatever on, on the other person's end, but that needed to end before I could really like get into my fourth step. So there was truth to what she said. That's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, but to your question, I have heard people say that um specifically i've had a few sponsees over the years and um everyone has i guess i should just be thankful that it's been pretty smooth everybody's just done the shit (laughs) you know i mean there's some people no i shouldn't say not everyone i mean many people have done it but there's some people who hesitate hem and haw like start it don't finish it but i mean you know it's it's all for me i'm not gonna fire anybody over that i think that i think naturally like a relationship between a sponsor and sponsee if one party or both parties aren't really uh you know into it it can just fizzle out you know right sometimes it doesn't even have to be stated but i think it's good to like know where you stand with people yeah but um i don't really i don't I don't know about this firing thing. I think it's a funny term, but I get it. You know, I wanted to say just something that came to mind um, that's on, on related to that firing thing um, is uh, I, I don't know if we need a whole podcast app about being fired, but <laughs> um, or firing maybe, but um, or ghosting. I will say that I'm not saying this. What it just reminded me of is something that I've talked to someone else about recently. I'm not saying this is your situation. I just want to make that known. But it reminds me that like in working with others in that uh, chapter in our literature um, that 
is step 12, the step 12 chapter. Um, there is a mention of like, you know, how we approach newcomers and share the message and um, how they might react, et cetera, et cetera. And there is a concept that's mentioned, I'll paraphrase, is that, you know, if a person is not responsive or not cooperative or not interested, just move on because we are wasting time on an alcoholic who isn't getting it, whereas we can... You we could be spending yeah, that time yeah. helping somebody who needs it. I wasn't saying it right. Yeah, exactly, Bob. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That That's just... And I'm not saying that's you because, of course, you know, a person... Um, a, a sponsor may have prematurely fired or been impatient or had something going on with them. I, th- this is not a hard and fast I think it's, situation. I think it was like totally... <laughs> Totally, I was not ready. And I think like what had happened was right because I I also like, obviously I felt hurt, but I also told her that like, I understand that you have to do this because it's also for your sobriety, right? Mm -hmm. Because like the relationship between like a sponsor and a sponsee is like, you're both helping each other out. Oh yeah, it's a two-way street. And um, we ended up having a different relationship because like we, we do... Um, appreciate the other person and like we're both trying to do that same thing it's just that that relationship didn't work out that way but like we do gratitude texts every Mm -hmm. day oh great yeah well that's awesome that's fantastic I mean it's great to hear that you guys have a positive relationship because I can see how I could see how for maybe in another for other people, maybe like that would be a falling out or something. Yeah, but I'm still resentful. She yeah. fired me. Oh, you can put that on your, <laughs> did you put it on your list? Oh, it's definitely on my list. Yeah, good. Oh, by the way, on, on the fourth step, I, I just want to say that, um, that I did mine in an Excel spreadsheet, just plugging, plugging it super easy. Cause I could just type, I don't have good handwriting. I can't even read my own handwriting. But don't you feel like, I don't know, Bob, like, have you heard or, I maybe even like know the science behind this, but they say like when you put pen to paper, there's like a different part of your brain that gets like activated. Uh, it's possible. I, I'm, oh, I don't know. I'm a computer person. I do everything on the computer. Cause I was wondering about that. Like now with our day and age, everything yeah. is like on the phone, on the computer. And I was thinking like, if this thing is true, I mean the generation now, spe- ugh, like, Okay, when I was in Monterey, there was like a baby and she was not even two, like a baby. And she's mm-hmm. like holding an iPhone, just like doing this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've seen It was that. really cute. But then I was thinking about that. I'm like, if people don't like write anymore on pen, like with a pen and on paper, I just like wonder if there's something different that I don't know. Uh, I will say... I uh, know it's a great question. I, I'm, I feel like I've heard what you're describing. Like I'm thinking about, uh, is it Julia Morgan morning pages? Um, the artist's way it's, it's a, it's a great book. It's about writing every day. And I, I'm like, not, I've only read a little bit of it, but the power of like pen to paper and just stream of consciousness writing and how it can influence creativity and help you let go of things. And, um, I don't have, I haven't had the discipline to do it, but in a tough time, my old manager, um, recommended that I get the book. Oh, and by the way, um, just plugging my old manager who died a few days ago. He was a great man. Oh no. Um, and that's, I won't go into more details, but I'm a little bit sad about that. But that manager was a great guy. He was a good friend. And, um, he died of brain cancer just after a year, just one year it was over. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, 
but uh, he showed me this yeah artist way thing so what you're saying reminds me of sort of like what she's talking about in terms of like real you know neurochemical processes or psychological processes i'm not sure i i would actually be favorable to that idea now after saying all that i'll say excel has completely worked for me <laughs> so yeah i've i've done it three times now i've gone through um i am wrapping up my third round of step nine and um and I have one more. I just have one last step nine right now in my life that I was put off for a while. And um, what's step nine? Uh, oh, uh, so eight is uh, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Mm-hmm. And step nine is made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Got and it. and and just just not even worrying about looking ahead, but but effectively that eight and nine that amends list and the people to whom we're meant to we're meant to make amends um is uh is culled from step four you know mm-hmm. um the literature says it says like well you have made this list when you did four and five you know right i'm getting ahead of myself but i will say one thing that i tell my sponsees and i discovered for myself with my own sponsor when i worked this is some people, this isn't like meant to be an out. Some people on four and five aren't on eight and nine. And some people are on eight and nine who weren't on four and five. But I don't want to get all like confusing and stuff like that. Yeah. But basically it's four and five correlate to eight and nine. Yeah, I think like, I think it's whatever, you know, like what we were saying, like whatever works for you and whatever helps and I think that's why it's really good that we have like such a big group of drunks that you can find someone out there who will be able to help you stay sober. So, yeah. Yay, um, drugs. Hey, on that note. No, um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's a good one. This is a, this is a tough nut to crack. Um, it's There's a lot of... Yeah, I mean, I think you just got to just do it, you know? It's just like, it's just get it done with, get her done. It's worth it. It's so good. Um, I never, oh my gosh, I never imagined in my wildest dreams I would do anything like that. It was so counterintuitive to me, um, but it was so worth it. I mean, this is just the stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. This is Jay Quellen. Um, I'm in conversation with uh, Bob and Shadow Lady um, as we're wrapping up. What is that? She's passing us some notes here. We oh, should the, end with this one. Yeah. Oh. I just found it. Yeah, I love is, these little This is something that we, get, we, we give out at a meeting that I won't say anything about. But um, you can read this if you want. <laughs> I'm not going to read this. But, but it's uh, so good. But uh, you can t- you could take us out with that. Um, take us out with the serenity prayer. Um, <laughs> Bob can read it. No, Bob will not read it. Um, Bob, Come on, Bob. Uh, Bob, you want to chime in on anything You're off topic or on topic? Anything? No. All right. Um, but uh, guys, it it was a good day. It was 78 degrees out there. Yeah. It was so warm. We're not ready yet for you to read that. We'll read <laughs> I got excited. We'll read it in a minute. This has saved me like for some like from some days that were just really like stressful. Well actually, okay. Why don't you can you just give context? Can you read the title or say what it is? I don't even yeah, I didn't take a look at it. 
this is called it's a little booklet they have like a few different ones but the one uh the title outside says it's yesterday dot 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 today and tomorrow okay am i reading it i thought we we're not ready yet uh no go for it we okay. can wrap up but um it i think it's it's uh, yeah yeah okay and this is aa approved literature i think i saw the stamp on the front where is that hey, we is can it talk this? about AA, we can talk about aa approved literature another time <laughs> <laughs> all right there are two days in every week about which we should not worry two days which should be kept free from fear and apprehension one of these days is yesterday with its mistakes mm. and cares its faults and blunders its aches and pains Yesterday has passed forever beyond our control. All the money in the world cannot bring back yesterday. We cannot undo a single act we performed. We cannot erase a single word we said. Yesterday is gone. The other day we should not worry about is tomorrow. With its possible adversities, its burdens, its large promise, and poor performance. Tomorrow is also beyond our immediate control. Tomorrow's sun will rise, either in splendor or behind a mask of clouds, but it will rise. Until it does, we have no stake in tomorrow, for it is yet unborn. This leaves only one day, today. Any man can fight the battles of just one day. It is only when you add the burdens of those two awful eternities, yesterday and tomorrow, that we break down. It is not the experience of today that drives men mad it is remorse or bitterness for something which happened yesterday and the dread of what tomorrow mm. may bring yeah let us therefore live but one day at a time great yeah that's awesome there there's a uh, expression i've heard a few times in uh aa at various different meetings which is if mm. you've got one day one foot oh, yeah, in yesterday and one foot in tomorrow <laughs> then you're pissing all over today oh yes. yeah thank you for saying that yes. that was on my mind thank you for saying that i love it that's the concise version folks of yes. the the thing that uh shadow lady read <laughs> um i hey, love Bob, that saying by you want to you want to outro us out here um so uh here Guys, we're going to sign off early. Thanks for listening. Um, this is High Spirits. Uh, you've been joined today by me, your co-host, Jay Quellen. Pegasus left early. Shadow Lady, thank you for the topic. And Bob, thank you for your contributions and the movie and recommendation. Madison. Monos. And Madison for nothing today. <laughs> Bye, guys. Uh, who, who is this that, that's taking us out? Uh, this is Ellen Alien and Apparat. Awesome. Sounds awesome. Thanks, guys. Good night. See you next week.
You've been listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, the music that we were listening to here is from Brother Spellbinder. Um, and uh, it's an exciting time to be alive. So I feel like I should read you a little poem as well. Um, because although I myself... Uh, well, let's see. Do I have time to read this? It's hmm, kind of a long one. <sighs> How about this? We'll end with, with this. Because I know that you're out there and you, you're dreaming. Uh, I know I'm dreaming. So here we go. Visions awaken. Visions awaken through inspiration. Open your eyes. Seek and find what you wish to be. Call to the far reaches. The echo is destiny. Pump love and passion even into the faintest notion of what could be. A colorful yarn unraveling to unleash your story. A call and response of your dreams and reality. Peace to you all. I'm Global Val. Stay tuned. The Common Thread Collective is coming up next. Um, lots of love. Stay, stay strong. Stay healthy. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like running for Congress and winning, who knows? Inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you. Stay tuned.
я могу говорить. to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> everybody listen to the weekly review with roman every friday from noon to 2 p.m this is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program we interview community organizers activists and artists we talk about ways you can take action right now so listen in to the weekly review every friday from noon to 2 p.m Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. Every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Randy, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can 
simply download the podcast post show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Wow! We're starting it out with feedback. Does anybody want to say anything? Anybody have any feedback for me? Anybody? No? Good. Got the peanut gallery over here. Yeah! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the third annual Spark Presents Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Yay! That is an appropriate amount of clapping. You guys are cool. I like you. It's good. You're in for it. It's going to be a great night. I'm very excited. Uh, it's actually going to be an insane 25 hours of comedy coming to you over the next five days. What? Are you going to lose your mind? If you're listening on the radio, everything will be okay. Uh, so, well, so everything is being podcast and streaming live. So that's all wonderful that will be happening. And uh, we have so many comedians, 37 comedians from all over the United States. But right now, <laughs> it's uh, the locals only show. So it's people who live here in San Francisco or have lived here in the past. We actually have returning comedian Kevin Monroe. He lived here for many years. He's back. Yay! Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I don't know. I don't know how to. Oh, this is so sweet. Jen Arrows. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll do thank yous at the beginning. Why not? We have all our amazing mutiny volunteers all week that are helping us out. We got Jen at the door. We got George D. Smith behind the boards. Hell yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a great week and we're going to have a really great time. Uh, I'll tell you guys a few jokes. Uh, yeah, you do. those are, those are weed treats. They have lots of marijuana in them. That's how I bribe people to being my friends. Is that everybody else does that? No one else super stoner? You guys super stoners? You do not look like stoners. You guys look like, you look like closet stoners. You look like, you like, I wouldn't tell anybody that I, I'm a smart person. I don't smoke marijuana. No, it's fine. I'm, I, have you ever, see, I know you're not a stoner because I, I've smoked so much weed that I've forgotten how my own shower works. Has anyone done that? I've lived in my house for seven years now and I forgot how my shower worked because I was so high. It's like being a guest in your own home. It's like, it's like Airbnb yourself. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how this works. I'm burning up cold. Why? Live there. My cat's like, dude, how do you not know how to do this? I'm like, why are you talking to me? Do you smoke that much weed? You don't? I didn't think so. It's cool. This is not a weed show. This is a local show. But yay, we're sponsored by Spark. And weed is legal. This is, yeah, I'm just so excited about marijuana. It's like marijuana church up in here. There's two things I believe in. One, smoking marijuana all the time. And two, the equality of women. Anybody? Yeah! Both of those things. Pretty fucking awesome. I believe in equality uh, in a new special way. In that uh, I watch a lot of PG-13 movies from you know the 90s on and we all know that we get to see side boob right no nip lots of 180 percent side boob no nip pg-13 totally fine right so what i'm saying is i'd like some equality in filmmaking and i want to see some side scrote okay <laughs> so what i want is like your balls are cupped and your dick is hard so all you see is that weird fleshy part in between sometimes hairy sometimes not 
I feel like it's going to be great for like older actors because they can really show off their scrote. You know, like um, there's going to be a cool Martin Scorsese film or like maybe a Francis Ford Coppola film. Is he still alive? I don't know. It's like, it'll be like, it'll be like the Godfather. It'll be Nick Cage as the Godfather. He'll be coming out of a pool and his balls will be dipped in the water and his dick will be outside like off the steps and we'll see this beautiful like stained glass window through his scrote, you know, with like the veins. Nobody wants to see this beautiful shot. This is equality, everyone. Side boobs just fine, but side scrote, no. What's wrong with you people? San Francisco. This is a scrote friendly place. <laughs> it's not scrote friendly anymore. Man, I've seen so much silver, so much piercing on so many scrotes. I have a theory. I have a theory that the size of your dick is inversely proportionate to the amount of piercings in it. Is this just a San Francisco theory that no one else is working off of? It's just hey, we're gonna take a poll. It's local. Uh, knock knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. Precept of feminism, I think. I don't read. I don't know what feminism is. Come on. I'm kidding. I do read. I'm a, I, I was taught to read. I'm a real woman. Oh, wait, that's the bad. Uh, sorry, sorry. I don't, I shouldn't read. I don't think. I know. Bad, bad lady. Get back in the kitchen. I love making pot treats. Did I already say that they're so delicious? I just, being high all the time just helps me forget all the misogyny that's rampant in my social, social society circles world. San Francisco, equal place. We're going to get started right now with your first comedian. He is a San Francisco local. He's an amazing human being. He's actually the founder of the F-bomb comedy train. <gasps> toot, toot, ow, beep, beep. There's no beeping, but he's amazing. Put your hands together right now, everybody, for Marty Cunny. All right, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We are starting it off right. All right. Let me tell you about myself. I'm a traveling man. I actually just flew back from Columbia, and boy, is my nose tired. Ah. Seriously, they really like cocaine down there. Um, it's no joke. A lot of people don't believe me that uh, it was actually the first time I'd ever tried cocaine was in Columbia. Uh, yeah. You're really excited about that. Uh, <laughs> no, most people don't believe me because most people are trying to bite off of me most of the time. Uh, I just have that certain je ne sais quoi. Uh, Tuesday night at uh, 6 p.m. Oh, yeah, he's probably got an eight ball on him. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's probably dealing right now. Uh, no, but... I, I don't know. The first time I tried it, I had been drinking all day, and I was like, you know, when in Rome, you do some blow, right? Like, that's, that's how the saying goes. That's what they say. And so I thought to my I was like, all right, let's throw down. The guy, guy puts out a line for me. I do the line, and then all of a sudden, I'm sober. Um, <laughs> what kind of bullshit drug is this? I was enjoying that drunk cocaine. I spent a long time. I spent eight hours and like $80 on that drunk. Spent eight, another $80 in five seconds getting sober. And now I'm just pissed off at 4 a.m. Wanting to talk to people about the intricacies of independent wrestling. Like reciting entire episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nobody wants to hear that shit. That's a Wednesday night for free activity. That's not a Sunday morning $160 activity, okay? No. 
Nah, fuck that shit. Uh, I did, I did enjoy Colombia though. There was a lot of learn down there about the cultural barrier, about the language language barrier. Uh, for example, I went to order some black beans, and I said, uh, "Did anyone here speak Spanish? Do we have any? Habla, habla. Yeah, no soy." Uh, <laughs> I do not speak Spanish, so everything was a struggle with Google Translate, and just, uh, I went to order black beans, I said, uh, quiero uh, frijoles n-words. Um, <laughs> if you don't habla espanol, the word, is, word for black beans is frijoles negros, okay, and so I just was so blocked up, I couldn't even say it. Uh, I went to go uh, to buy a wife beater, and I put that into Google Translate, and I asked the lady at the store for, uh, ¿Dónde está los esposas batadores? Uh, now, if, again, if you don't speak Spanish, I asked her, where are your domestic abusers? Uh, when you think about it, that's exactly what I was asking her. <laughs> That is a weird thing we do, guys. We named a piece of clothing after, like, the worst stereotype we could think of of somebody who wears it, right? Like, the wife beater. Like, can you, you just think about it? Like, we call it a wife beater. Like, everyone else in every other country calls it, like, a ribbed tank top. And uh, I didn't realize how weird it was until I asked that question. And so I was like, you know what? Let's keep this train rolling. Let's name some more pieces of clothing after crazy stereotypes of the people wearing them, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Let's think. Instead of Capri pants, we'll just call them Euro tourists. Yeah? Uh, instead of Birkenstocks, we'll just call them old lesbians. Uh, instead of wrist sleeves, we'll call them scar hiders. Uh, ugh. <laughs> uh, instead of Crocs, we'll call them serial virgins. Uh, instead of... Uh, I don't know, bolo ties. We'll call them outspoken racists. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I, just can't, I never seen a woman like, yep, that's what we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's it. Uh, you nailed it right on the head, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Hey, guys, have you heard the news? Uh, the news about the Jews. Um, it was in Facebook. Uh, Facebook was in the news recently for... It was right after the Charlottesville protests. There was a thing where when you advertise on Facebook, like you get to pick from a drop-down menu of who you want to advertise to. Like if you want to advertise hiking shoes, you pick from outdoors people, right? Uh, except one of the options on this drop-down menu uh, was Jew haters for a little while. And I'm not joking. This is a real news story. You can look it up. You could actually directly advertise to Jew haters. Uh, and Facebook was claiming, like, oh, it was a problem with our algorithm or something like that. But it made a lot of sense to me, right? Because I couldn't figure out why I was getting so many advertisements for Tiki Torches and Eddie Bauer in my newsfeed. Uh, I'm kidding, guys. I don't hate the Jews. I actually, I play the Jewish piano. Uh, I'm an accountant. Uh, <laughs> Terrible industry to hate the Jews in, guys. Come on. Some more Jew news. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when uh, and when Orthodox Jews do the the circumcision, it's called the bris, right? And so what they do, uh, the, the really Orthodox ones, like out in New York, when they make the incision, the rabbi uses his mouth to close off the wound. Uh, yeah, that's pretty weird, right? Uh, what's even weirder is, and worse, is that a lot of these rabbis are actually giving these infants herpes when they do this. Yeah, this is a true story, again. Uh, 
And it's really bad because some of them will actually die from this uh, or get brain damage, like really bad stuff. And even if they survive, they have to grow up and explain to people how they got herpes. Uh, so I don't know. It's cool. I got it from my rabbi. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's kosher. Yeah. That's why they do it through the sheets, right? Uh I don't know. I don't know this shit. No, man. But what do they get when they get to the bar mitzvah, right? HIV? I don't know. AIDS. Got me thinking, though, about the bar mitzvah. And just coming of age ceremonies in general, right? They're fucking weird. Uh, like for a bar mitzvah, right? You take a 13-year-old boy uh, at his most pimply-faced, his most crackly voice, his most vulnerable, and you put him in a suit, and you give him a glass of wine for confidence, and you put him in front of a synagogue full of people and have him sing in a language he doesn't know. Like, that is just tearing him down. That is some cruel shit, right? But it's not as weird as the quinceanera, right? Am I right? The quinceanera is a weird ceremony. It's basically where you take a 15-year-old Latina girl and you tell everyone, you put her in like a wedding dress and you tell everyone, she's a woman now. She's ready. Uh, you wonder about these teenage pregnancy rates and, uh, and then you're doing this shit at the same time, guys. Come on. But while the Latinos are having like a come see how fuckable my daughter is party, the Jews are having a come see how unfuckable my son is party. <laughs> Just very different, very different cultures. I don't know. Um, what else? Do I, what else am I thinking? Hey, you guys like dad jokes? Anybody fan, here fans of dad jokes? Yeah, I'll, let me lay a, let me lay one on you real quick. Uh, when I die, I hope I'm not buried in a sar- uh, in a, let me start over. When I die, I hope I'm not buried in a coffin. I feel like I'm more of a sarcophagi. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be telling dad jokes though, ever since my doctor told me that I'm sterile. Uh, no dad jokes for me. Uh. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not sterile. I've had like six vasectomies. None of them have taken. <laughs> I've been the cause of several unwanted abortions. Um, All right, let's end on a high note. Um, <laughs> you guys, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Me Too movement. I think it's a good thing, although I think it's kind of uh, redundant. Uh, we've been doing, we've been hearing about all this stuff for a long time. It's just only recently that's been getting like popularized. Like, I don't know. Courtney Love was blowing the whistle on these guys for a long time. I've, Ten years over. And, uh, well, I get why we didn't listen to her, though. Uh, her credibility got blown away about the time her husband did. Uh, I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, that's my time, guys. Thanks a lot. Bring up your host, Pam. I wish some people from Seattle were here for that wonderful joke. Poor, he was murdered by his wife. Yay! Beauty Radio Comedy Festival, true. That was Marty Cunny. He also plays rugby. You can tell by his his jacket. <laughs> it's exciting. No, I I was thinking today actually that we should start a YouTube thing called Ruck and Marty. Where we get on, we go on adventures together in San Francisco that are just like stupid. Rick and Morty, except Ruck and Marty. So I'm like a drunk old lady. I'm a drunk old lady, and you're like a young, fun guy who's like going around San Francisco. Right? No? Someone else actually told me, Morty, when 
Buff as Morty. See, I know more people are having the thoughts in their heads. See, it's in the gestalt, Marty Cunny. The future is now. Your next comedian, she is the future, you guys. She's part of True Hustle, not True Hustle, hashtag hella funny. I'm sorry, they both start with a T. I'm so confused. <laughs> Hella funny. There's no, there's no, there's no T's in that at all. There's, there's a T in a hashtag. I don't do Instagram. I don't know what that is. Twitter is totally foreign to me. I am 43 years old. Your next comedian, she gets it. You're gonna love her. Put your hands together for Allison Hooker. Yeah, fuck yeah! Keep it going for Pam. Yeah. Keep it going for this awesome festival we're part of. Round of applause for yourselves coming out and supporting live comedy. Fuck yes! I'm excited to be here. I had a really shitty day, uh, and now I, I know that there's worse in the Catholic Church out there. That's wow. No, but I, I went to uh, I went to the doctor today. Does anyone else get really stuck on that question? How many drinks per week? Yeah, you know it's a it's a tough one because you don't want to lie too much. <laughs> you know you want to check your liver. Uh, what are you gonna be honest? It's your doctor, not your lawyer, you know. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of like a comedy club. I'm a two drink minimum a night. It goes up from there. So I was like, I'm gonna go with two drinks a night. Like that's reasonable, right? So I was like, I have two drinks a night, 14 a week. She goes, that's too much. You're nodding. I was surprised. You think that's too much? No. Oh, you've shared that. <laughs> well, get this. You haven't been there because this is what the bitch told me. She goes, men can have two drinks. Women can only have one. Uh, I'll, I'll give her your number. I was fucking livid, though. I was like, bitch, we are literally in the middle of hashtag me too. Like, whose fucking team are you on? She's like, if you need help with your drinking problem, I help a lot of my patients. I was like, okay, lady, look. Um, I came here for drugs. <laughs> Not rehab. Also, you guys, I don't think she's helping anyone with their drinking problem. I think she's just helping people lie to doctors. <laughs> you know, because like the next time I go to her, I'm definitely gonna be like, oh yeah, you know, I have seven drinks a week. I'm no dumbass. She gave me the answer. <laughs> Actually, fuck that. I'm not going back to that doctor because I want to see a doctor I can see eye to eye with. You know, I'll give her your number. I want a doctor that will look at my 14 and be like, that's not enough. <laughs> She asked me another impossible question to answer. What was the first day of your last period? <laughs> yeah, ladies, quick round of applause if anyone else is completely fucking stumped every time a doctor asks this. All the women in the room, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with our bodies, actually, <laughs> at all. Like, every single month, our entire world just crumbles, and we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> just solemn nods around the room. <laughs> Like, I'll get on a phone with a friend of mine. Like, I just don't know what's going on with me. I don't like my job anymore. This guy that I'm dating just seems really distant. Like, I just haven't been happy lately. Like, this shit is deep. <laughs> and then three days later, oh. <laughs> but, but imagine getting stumped by this, like, by anything else that happens every single month, you know? <laughs> rent is due. You get on the phone with your landlord. You're asking me for rent again? <laughs> like it feels like I just paid rent. <laughs> and you're not even asking me nicely. 
It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and my room is really small. <laughs> I'm 33. Why is my room so small? <laughs> I like how the men can understand the disintegration more than women. That's yep. how we feel, though. That's how we feel, ladies. Um, so yeah, anyways, I went to the doctor. Uh, she went to give me a pap smear. It's mostly men in here. I'll just fill you guys in what we go through. Um, when we go to the doctor, they stick a speculum inside of us, and they click it open twice, and they swab the inside of our vagina. Now, you look a little scared, but I know there's a couple of guys in here that are like, that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> I wish I go to the doctor and stick my dick in something. <laughs> but it's not like fun, you know? It's whatever. It, there's no like rotating head or bunny ears. It's just, <laughs> it's cold. Like, the equivalent for a man would probably be sticking your flaccid penis in a cooler and having someone scratch it. Like, that's... <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. So anyways, you guys, she goes uh, to give me a pap smear. And I think because I have, like, a small frame, she assumed, like, all of me was small, if you catch my drift mutiny. Uh, <laughs> so she goes, I am going to use my smallest speculum. Any smaller would be pediatric. <laughs> Which I hear a couple laughs, but I just thought that was fucking weird. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Uh, I'm not going to make any jokes. I'm going to leave it to Roy Moore. Um, so, hey. So she takes her smallest speculum, you know. <laughs> she goes to stick it in. She goes, squee! I'm just kidding. Uh, slides right in, you guys. No problems there. <laughs> No problems at all. She goes for the classic click, click. She goes click, 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 click. I know. What I'm trying to say, I think, is that the hallway doesn't always fit the building. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know where my organs fit either, you know? This is just, this is just vagina and 